What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Flawed Car Talks, the podcast where Tyler and I, a couple average car enthusiasts, discuss our projects or opinions on anything automotive. What's up, Tyler? Not much, Cody. What's going on with you? Not too much, man. Get another podcast out there while we're still cooped up inside. Um, today, we'll talk about something that's we're going to get into a lot of detail about it for the people who know a little bit, and then we're going to get into some you know, high level stuff for people who are just getting involved into that. And it's something we're all familiar with, which is going to be. You're talking about pump gas and cetane numbers for diesel. Basically, yeah, different pump gases. We have, we're going to talk about as an overview, the octanes, octane ratings, how they differ in different countries. C-chain ratings, which is your diesel fuels, and then touch on a little bit of E85 um, for, you know, another flex fuel that's used at the pump. Or race fuels, for those of you that know how else it can be used. Yeah, a lot of people, you'll see that's where it's used is in race fuels. I think we'll also be able to really clear the air with some misconceptions about pump gas and the different octane rating numbers. Yeah, so let's get right into it. We'll start out with octane and fuels and what octane is. So do you want to give them a little background on what octane levels actually are? So when you go up to the pump and you see the, you know, 87 or 89 or 93, whatever it is, what that's actually doing for them. So the very short, dry cut version of octane rating, all it is is the gasoline's resistance to pre-combustion or pre-ignition. Yeah, so it's the ability for the fuel to handle compression without it self-igniting. Correct. So what what is octane? Octane is its own chemical, right? So it has a mixture. It's C8H18. So that's its molecular structure. And what they're doing with that is basically taking octane and or to determine octane they are going to figure out how much compression it can handle until knock will occur so it's judged on a few different scales depending on what type whether you're getting into the ron or mon which we'll talk about here in a few minutes or anti-knock index what we use in the u.s but we'll touch on that in a second um what these higher octane levels do you want to touch on what they what they're good for and why people should you know follow their manufacturer standards as far as what they recommend yeah i was just going to touch on real quick for people that don't know what knock is knock is when your gasoline ignites and combusts prior to its designated time in the engine cycle which in some cases it can cause the piston to almost drive backwards really bad really ruins the engine's lifespan because it just causes stuff to knock around and it's just not a good time and it's something we want to avoid. Some engines need a higher octane rating to avoid this, like a boosted car that has a higher compression ratio. Like in my car, which has a higher compression ratio, I need to put in 91 plus and that's coming straight from Ford. That's what the manufacturer recommends. Some cars like per se a Toyota Camry it really doesn't matter. I think it probably says 87 plus if you really dig down and look for it. But each grade of gasoline 
with the different octane ratings, they all hold the same amount of potential energy. But what the difference is, is the octane, which as we already stated, is the resistance to knock. So much like a lot of people back in my high school days, I thought because I was putting 93 in my car, I was getting better gas mileage and I was going faster and I had more power in my car. And now that I'm an adult and I've actually done some research about it, I realized that wasn't the case. But I guess it's a really big misconception that a lot of people have. Yeah, I mean, the the thought that higher octane fuel contains more power is completely wrong. And the important note on that, though, is because it does have a higher octane rating, it allows you to extract more from the fuel. So, you know, like Tyler mentioned, in a turbocharged car, we have higher cylinder pressures. It allows you to take the cylinder pressures higher, more reliably, without any of that pre-combustion occurring. Yeah, and you get the higher cylinder pressures because you're able to pack more air in and more fuel. So you're not necessarily getting more power out of the fuel, but you're able to put more fuel in, so you're getting more power out of the individual cylinder. So when you take a normal car that only requires, let's say, 87 from the manufacturer, everything stays even across the board, but all of a sudden you put in 91 or 93, you shouldn't see any sort of performance changes, performance benefits, especially since the ECU or the engine control unit in that car will not be doing anything different. It doesn't, you know, it's not monitoring the gas unless you're, you know, unless you're looking at flex fuel vehicles. But as far as, you know, a normal plane vehicle just running on pump gas, it's not going to take advantage of that difference of octane unless you specifically go somewhere and get it tuned for that. Yeah. And really, if if you're, like I said, a Toyota Camry where you only need 87, if you're putting 93 in it, that's great. Like the only added benefit you might see is some companies might put different detergents and additives in a higher octane fuel. So that might be the only benefit you're really getting there. But you're really just going to be wasting your money if you're using a higher octane rated fuel than what your manufacturer recommends. So let's let's talk a little bit about the scale of octane and how it's actually calculated out. So normally when we're talking about octane ratings, we're looking at a scale of 0 to 100. And that number is being calculated based on isooctane and heptane. So whatever mixture of isooctane and heptane is the rating for whatever the fuel is. So for example, if you have 95% isooctane and 5% heptane, that gives you a 95 octane rating. So that's what we would call the RON, the research octane number. So like I said, just comparing isooctane and heptane to whatever that fuel is. Now it's important to note that in some other fuels, you know, like race fuels that you have or, you know, E85, for example, which we'll touch on in a little bit, you can have numbers over 100 octane. So it's better than even 100% isooctane. So they do exist, but normally you're talking of things on a scale of 0 to 100. 
Correct, yeah. And even those other types of kits can help to boost your octane reading, like a water meth injection kit or water methanol injection kit also helps boost its octane reading. So going on to the next way, you know, still sticking with how octane numbers are calculated. That's one number that you have the research octane number like we just talked about. Then you have the motor octane number, which is how a fuel will actually respond in an engine. So, and when knock will occur when it's, you know, put inside of an engine. Usually that number is lower than what you would see in the research octane number. So the motor octane number is literally taking this fuel, putting it in a motor, you know, doing some changes with timing, etc. But how and when knock is going to occur in a motor. So I think it's a really important fact to note that the MON number is going to be a lot lower than your RON because the motor octane number is a real-world test seeing how the octane reacts inside your motor. And according to the DIN-EN-228, which is the automotive fuel spec for Super Plus, on the RON scale, it must meet a 98, and on the MON scale, it's got to reach an 88 octane rating. Yeah, I think it's very important that you mention that, which is going to kind of segue into how everything's different per country. So here in the U.S., a lot of people often look at Europe and they see their octane ratings are so much higher than ours. And, you know, we're envious of that, hey, at the pump, they're getting so much better fuel. Well, in reality, that really isn't the case because what we are portraying on the pump are two different numbers. So, you know, in Europe, what they're going to be using is the research octane number. So even though their regular fuel, you know, looks like it's 95 octane, let's say, and ours is 87, well, it's not necessarily that their fuel is that much better. It's that we're using a different standard. So like I said, in Europe, they're using the research octane number versus in the U.S., we use something called the anti-knock index or AKI. So AKI or your anti-knock index is really just a average between your RON and your MON. So you take your research octane number and your motor octane number, add the two together and divide it by two. That spits out an average giving you something in between the two and that's what we use in the states so it's you know going to be like four to six percent lower than what they have over in europe but it's still the same thing so i know it's it's on the both sides where people in the states think that europe has better fuel and on the other side of it people in europe or pretty much anywhere else in the world look into the states and be like oh we have so much better fuel than they do and that's that's just not the case. So for comparison's sake, you know, a 93 octane fuel in the U.S., which would be considered super plus, is equivalent to 98 octane overseas. Yeah. So now that we have that part cleared up, let's touch a little bit on cetane, which is the diesel fuel number that they're using to calculate. So what you have for diesel is same kind of thing. 
except they are using C16H34 as a molecular structure that they're comparing it to. This range, basically on the lower end of it, you're going to have longer combustion and lower temperatures of that combustion. While on the higher end, you're going to have faster combustion and thus allowing you, you know, to calculate timing better and everything else like that. Also, you're going to get more torque on that higher end. Yeah, and unlike in gasoline cars, which have an octane rating of, you know, up by the 90s, the cetane number for diesel is typically around 40. And in Europe, the standard is a minimum of 38. That's, that pretty much wraps out everything on cetane, octane, octane by country. Our last topic that we have to go over is ethanol and specifically E85, the stuff that you can find at the pumps. So what E85 is, is a blend of ethanol and gasoline. So you have 85% ethanol and 15% gasoline. In that, if you were to take, you know, one gallon of ethanol and you were to take one gallon of gasoline, you would find that you have 81,000 BTUs of energy in the ethanol and 111,000 BTUs in the gasoline. So it's often confusing if you look at the, you know, based on volume, you look at the two and it seems obvious that, hey, gasoline is way better. Well, in reality, you have some other big benefits that come with ethanol. So to point out some of those, we have 107 octane rating in E85. So what that allows you to do, like we talked up above a little bit with octane ratings, it allows you to add ignition timing and compression without knock occurring. So, you know, you can have much higher cylinder pressures without that worry of being on the edge of knock or, you know, another combustion occurring in that engine aside from the one that you create. Yeah, so most people know E5 as a flex fuel. But for the reasons that you just stated, that is exactly why it's used for racing. Because you can pack more air and more fuel per cylinder, getting more power than you can with your 97 or 93 octane fuels. Yeah, so how we combat that smaller BTU content, what you do is you're using 30 to 40% more fuel just for them to even out. And on top of that, you'd probably even be going higher than that, you know, in all of our applications that we like to do for having fun and, and making more power. So your fuel economy per gallon will actually be a lot less than what you would have in your normal gasoline. So, of course, when you look at your pump, when you go to pump gasoline, you have, you'll see 90% gasoline and on the you know, little thing probably where you pull out the pump, you're going to see contains at least 10% ethanol. So when they went to containing 10% ethanol, that actually lowered the amount of potential energy that was stored in one gallon, thus making it harder to get fuel economy in vehicles. So similar to that, you know, when we're using E85, the miles per gallon on E85 drastically decreases. although you're using the same amount of energy. So if you are going to convert 
you know, a, a common thing to do is for people to convert their cars to E85, you know, because everyone says, you know, convert over to E85 and you're going to make a bunch more power. It's true. But normally when you're doing that, you have to add a bunch of other modifications, you know, such as larger fuel system, bigger injectors, all that stuff, just to handle that much more flow going through the engine. At that point, you're really just looking for smiles per gallon. You don't care about fuel economy. It's not a daily anymore. Don't kid yourself. Listen, you can daily it. You can try. (laughs) You can spend $30 to drive to church and back. Hey, sometimes it's cheaper. E85, a lot of the times, is cheaper than gas. And not the way that you use it. Well, not the way that I use it, but, you know, for your average person. (laughs) <laughs> All right. But to jump back into it, E85 also has some other added benefits. There's a large amount of water inside of it. And when this goes through your engine and you have combustion occurring, it all evaporates immediately. So when all this evaporates, it has a large cooling effect. So for any nerds out there who, like myself, know that for every gallon of water that evaporates, it takes 970 BTUs of heat with it. So once again, that's cooling those cylinder temperatures down a lot, allowing you to once again add you know more fuel, more ignition timing without having knock occurring because you have those lower temperatures inside of your cylinder. Now, one of the last points that I want to make is E85, well, specifically the ethanol portion of it, is a renewable resource. So that's one of the only mass fuels that we have on the market for transportation at this time that is renewable. We have some, you know, electric vehicles in the market. And, you know, of course, it's debatable whether or not those are necessarily renewable because of where the power comes to charge them. But ethanol is a renewable resource. So, Tyler, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, where this fuel actually comes from? Yeah. So in the States, Ethanol is made from corn, and other places like Australia, they use sugarcane. And for the short version of the process, it's very similar to making moonshine or beer or other liquors where they grind up the corn and turn it into a mash, add it to a vat with water and an enzyme, and boil it. That reduces down, the yeast eats up all the starches creating sugars the sugars then get broken down farther and produce ethanol ethanol is actually safe for you to drink at that point although it's very strong and stronger than normal alcohol (laughs) it is very very strong it'll it'll definitely knock your socks off so if you basically go take the highest percent alcohol you can find or moonshine take a sip of that and you're basically drinking ethanol. And for that exact reason, any ethanol designated for gasoline usage has to be made non-potable. And all they do to make it non-potable is add a small amount of gasoline to it, so that way, if you drink it, you'll you'll die. Don't drink ethanol, kids. Please don't. Yeah, don't do that. Ethanol is really cool in the fact that it's renewable, but... With the current demands for where fuel's at, we couldn't convert strictly over to ethanol because we wouldn't have enough space on the planet to grow enough corn. So, just for a rough number, 
about one acre of corn will yield about 360 gallons of ethanol. I like how they have it set up right now. It's good to add to fuel. And, you know, it gives you all the benefits of race car. But at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is the race cars. So today we touched on a bunch of different fuels you can get at the pump, what those numbers actually mean when you go to push the button. So you're not just blindly pushing the button like most of us probably were for many years. Let us know if you have any questions, but that will do it for us today. This, once again, is another podcast down out of our 100 podcasts. Stay with us on this journey.